Welcome to Financial Flight Academy with John Schutz and Brent Connolly from Soar Wealth Strategies. In this podcast, we inspire families and business owners to build a foundation for their financial future. We do this by listening and building trust with our clients. Join us for this journey where we explore ways to protect your nest and live out your dreams as John and Brent draw from years of experience and guest experts to help you take that leap of faith. We are preparing for takeoff. There is no need to be concerned about your seatbelt or your tray table, but you might wish to keep your financial statements close by for quick reference. Discussions may trigger aha moments as well as what the moments. So let's get to it. Wheels up. The primary guest this show is also one of the hosts of Financial Flight Academy, John Schutz. Asking the questions is his founding partner, Brent Connolly. They will explore his journey from introvert to television sports anchor to certified financial planner. And you will find out why managing risk is an important part of every discussion at Soar Wealth Strategies. Thank you, Patrice. I'm Brent Connolly. And the goal here always at Financial Flight Academy is to introduce you to people that have taken the leap of faith, whether that's personally, maybe starting a business, or maybe being a, you know, a person in their community. These people that we help every day might be retirees or people that are approaching retirement. And we hope that you learn from these stories about your financial situation. And maybe you share those with someone that you love. If you like what you hear, we hope that you share this podcast. And I'm very, very honored and pleased to oh, talk, you should be. talk today with Mr. John Schutz, <laughs> my friend and business partner. John, how are you? I'm fantastic today, Brent. It's great to be a guest on my own podcast. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> now, John, I want to start off uh, really quickly as an overview and say, you know, what are we hoping to share with our audience today? Well, you know, when you're whether you're just starting out or you're a multimillionaire, uh, you have to protect yourself from the unexpected. And I know that sounds strange. Well, if it's unexpected, how do I protect myself from it? Right. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, so I think there's something here for everyone in my very inspiring story. Uh, I've been told, Brent, by a client of mine that my stories are fascinating. So oh, excellent. buckle up. It's, well, could be a very exciting half hour here. Well, I'm being honest. I am very excited to learn more about you. I've known you now for, gosh, I think 11 or 12 years. So I'm really excited now, let me get this straight. From introvert to television sportscaster and now certified financial planner. So why would anyone want to leave a job as a sportscaster? I know. Giving up show business, right? How can you do such a thing? Uh, you know, it was it was fun. When you're young, being a sportscaster is fun. You know, you get to meet a lot of interesting people, uh, you know, some very big names, right? Sure. So uh, I got to meet Hank Aaron, you know, it's just wow. folks, folks like that, you know, so that's fun when you're young, but then when you start having kids, mm -hmm. uh, you know, your perspective changes just sure. a little bit. So uh, why a financial advisor? I just, I know you think the same way. This is one of the most rewarding professions in the world. Were there a few things more personal to talk about with people than their money? Absolutely. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. if you're a doctor, mm -hmm. sure. Right. That, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a little more personal. Uh, well, and for you, uh, you know, you had great hair on TV and you still have great uh, hair. It's, it's thinning, but yeah, I, thank you. I appreciate You're that. You're welcome. Uh, check out the picture on our website, soarwellstrategies.com. But um, <laughs> no, I, you know, it, it's so rewarding being a financial advisor because it, you, I get to feel 
like I'm part of some of these folks' family. Mm -hmm. You and I have been to funerals sure. of uh, clients. I've had to deliver uh, life insurance proceeds. And to know that you've helped make an impact on somebody, it's just, it's not something that I felt in my previous profession at all. So sure, uh, if you're able to give uh, people some financial peace of mind, it's very rewarding. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, now, from all the years I've known you, I've never known you to ever be in the introvert category. So <laughs> it's a little hard I, to believe, isn't it? <laughs> when I saw this, when I saw this outline, I said, you got to be kidding me because yeah. uh, that just doesn't seem like you're not at all. I mean, yeah. Well, it's, you know, things obviously changed and it just speaks to the power of positivity and just some very simple, positive words from various people in my lifetime. So, okay. So let's take it back to say elementary school now. Yeah. Let's, so let's start from there. Yes. So I was so shy and introverted in elementary school that at recess, I would just go hide, hide behind trees and uh, really not participate in the recess, just shy. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and so I, I was like that uh, in pretty much uh, all group situations. And even today, if if I'm in a party or something, mm -hmm. I'm probably that guy holding up the wall and not really socializing a lot, but, gotcha. but you know, so what changed, uh, those simple moments. So in third grade, I'm cast in an elementary play, which was actually foreshadowed my life. Voluntold or did you actually, volunteer well, you know, you it? try out, but so I could always, I was always a very good reader. My mother read to me all the time. I followed along. Uh, so I was a good reader. So when you're in the third grade, when you're looking for the narrator of the play, mm -hmm. you want someone who can read. That's mm -hmm. pretty much the only right qualification, but <laughs> I played a radio announcer. Oh, really? And the song in the play that the first graders sang about the radio announcer was, Oh, I am a radio announcer grand and folks will hear me all across the land. And then when, when I grow up a lot, you'll see then on television, I will be totally mirrored my professional life. There was nothing about a financial advisor later, but talk about uh, foreshadowing. Wow. Yeah, and you still yeah. remember the song. You sound I, great. Well, I kind of forgot a little there, but uh, it's just, uh, so that gave me confidence. And mm -hmm. when you first, when I first heard that laugh that I didn't know that line was going to get a laugh. Okay. Very intoxicating. Mm. It, it was uh, so to get that reaction, you know, that was probably the first step. And then in high school, I was on the speech team okay. and a judge wrote on a comment uh, after the speech contest, after I won frequently, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> she wrote a comment. You have a beautiful voice. You sh Have you considered going into broadcasting? Wow. And I know many people are so intoxicated by my voice right now. They probably can't even pay attention to what I'm saying, but sure. Yeah. Uh, so really armed with only uh, a love of my own voice uh, and overconfidence. Mm -hmm. That's why you go into broadcasting. So I'll be darned. Okay. <laughs> there's, well. there's that. Okay. Very and good. then I will say one last thing. When I was uh, a young TV sportscaster, I was doing everything by the book, you know, Ted Baxter. And for you younger folks, Ted Baxter, I know I, was, I have to explain these things. I need to Google this. Yeah. Thank you. Very hurtful. Uh, the Mary Tyler Moore show. Ted Baxter was a, kind of a bumbling news anchor, but I always thought you just had to do it by the book. And I had a news director who told me, Hey, I need you and the weather guy to be my two Cowboys, which was just show a little personality out there. Okay. All and right. so those are, those are three moments that I vividly remember that changed my life for the better. You know, it's amazing. The little things, you know, a note on a piece of paper 
or what someone will say to you to help you relax and get out of your comfort zone. That's, that's great. Right. And that's what we hope to bring to this show. Cause there's plenty of negativity out in the world no right doubt. now. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, we really believe, I believe, and I know you believe you create your own successes. And uh, I hope that I've been more of a positive influence in my time with that one comment than negative. Cause you, it can go both ways. Sure. Um, so that's what we're really trying to do here as well. That's great. No, I appreciate you sharing that. Okay. So I want to pivot now a little bit to, to money and tell me a little bit about what was money like growing up for you? It was still green. Brent. Okay. Good. Oh, but that's not what you're talking about. Right, yeah. Right. So my, <laughs> so my parents, uh, I, first of all, I had a great childhood. It was fantastic growing up in a little town in Nebraska, North Bend. My father was a truck driver. My mother stayed home most of my childhood. And then when I became a teenager, she was able to, to go to work and help out. But my parents were both born during the depression. Okay. And uh, there wasn't a lot there for them. And they eventually they became single parent homes. My father had to drop out of high school. His father died of cancer when he was eight years old, had to drop out of school after the eighth grade to take care of the family farm. Okay. And my mother's father was actually murdered when she was 13 years old. Oh my goodness. So you think about coming out of the great depression and now all of a sudden these families are single parent families. Mm -hmm. I think you get the idea of why I am adamant about protecting from those types of risks. So you, you have the obvious things, life insurance, right? Uh, Older folks, long-term care insurance. Maybe that's a hybrid of long-term care and life insurance. Um, just disability insurance for someone who works. Uh, if you're, you know, people think, well, the wealthy, they don't have anything to worry about. Well, you become a target when you're wealthy. So uh, that umbrella insurance policy that you and I can buy mm -hmm. uh, or the average person can buy uh, for the wealthy, you got to go somewhere else and find something that's actually going to, to protect you. So these are all the things that we will talk about when folks come in here to Soar Wealth Strategies. I just read a statistic this morning. Only 50% of Americans have life insurance. That's down from 63% in 2011. That's a study from Limra, it's a life insurance industry. Uh, some of that is obviously we have an aging population. And so maybe life right. insurance isn't that need right now. But a lot of it is people don't have group life insurance anymore because we've gone to this gig economy. Correct. Yeah. So that is, uh, you know, we've all had clients who've lost a loved one and could have potentially put the family in a very difficult situation like it was for my parents, right? You don't just recover from that uh, anytime quickly. No, so, you're right. And, and, you know, setting that financial foundation starts with that protection. And I know that you've been passionate about that ever since I've known you as, as an advisor. And um, I know that that's obviously top of mind, something we discuss in all of our meetings here because Otherwise, it doesn't make sense if we don't have that financial foundation laid with the protection. So uh, now tell me a little bit more. Let's pivot to how did you get interested in money? <laughs> you know, being a... Oh, we didn't have any. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> so tell me tell me how that you, you developed that, you know, that passion that drives you to help people. Right. So my parents, you know, because they were behind, obviously, from the way they grew up, uh, they were smart enough to go out and get some help. Right. So I had a, a high school teacher who, you know, teachers don't make a lot of money. Right. And so he got into the financial services industry, happened to drop off a booklet on just some of the basics of finances. And I find, found this laying around and started to read it. Mm -hmm. And it just had some very simple concepts in it. 
concepts like pay yourself first. Uh, you know, it's not how much you make, it's what you keep. So the, I just read this morning again, the average, uh, the median income in the United States is $67,000. You work for 40 years, you're going to make $2.7 million in your lifetime, right. probably more than that. How much of it are you going to keep and put to work for you? So when you think about that half of the people in this country don't have any retirement savings, uh, that's where you got to talk to somebody and find out how, how are we going to make this work? So right. regardless of where we were and what stage of our lives, we were able to always put away some money. Well, so that booklet on the basics was huge. Yeah. Me. It's a testament to you know, your parents' effort to make sure that you were provided for, but at the same time, you know, trying to rub two nickels together to make sure that, you know, you started that foundation. That's great. Now, once again, I want to pivot a little bit to, you know, how, how do you think you were going to do before the the broadcasting bug, right? Did you have any other passions? Like, I don't know, maybe a baseball <laughs> player, football player. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I wanted to be. Yes. A football player. And then you realize there's uh, you have no talent. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you, you got to pivot again. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so uh, I read and I was, you know, back in the old days, Brent, the Sunday newspaper had want ads in it. So that's where you look for a job. Oh, OK. I'm yes. The newspaper. Okay. Right. Yeah. Thank I you. know you're not familiar with what that is. Thank you. So youthful. <laughs> Uh, I appreciate that. But I saw in there, I saw a CPA, certified public accountant, $30,000 a year. And I'm going, okay, sounds good to me. I want to be a CPA. I really had no idea what that meant. <laughs> uh, <laughs> briefly thought about being a minister. Oh, okay. But then I settled on the, uh, the broadcasting thing. Thanks so much for listening to Financial Flight Academy. We hope you're enjoying it so far. If you have any questions or would like to talk more about this topic, you can find us at SoarWealthStrategies.com and all of our social media platforms are listed in the show notes. All right. So let's talk about some of the early jobs you had growing up, John. You said you had some different passions, but tell me a little bit about your work experience growing up. Yeah. So when I was about eight or nine years old, my sisters uh, dumped their paper route on me, which back in the old days, Brent, the Sunday World Herald was a very heavy newspaper to mm. deliver, yeah. <laughs> especially on your bicycle. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it was uh, it was a challenge. But OK, uh, I really, you know, being rewarded for work you do with income, which probably wasn't a lot back then. I don't even remember what it was. That was my next question. What do you think you made on that route? I have. I really don't remember, mm -hmm. but I do remember what I made when I was walking beans. Do you even know what walking beans is, Brent? Uh, I'm being from the city. I'm going to pivot back to you. Yeah, thank you very much. In rural Nebraska, back in the old days, uh, when farmers needed to get the weeds out of their soybean fields, mm -hmm. you'd go into those kids would go into the fields with corn knives, which is kind of like a machete for folks that don't know what a corn knife is. Okay. And you would cut the weeds out of the field. So... You'd go out in the field in the morning and there's dew on the leaves and it's very tall and you're just getting soaked and it's kind of cool in the morning. And so you're getting cold. Okay. And then about an hour or two hours in, it just starts to get hotter than blazes. It's oh. just, it's quite an experience. So this was beans. during, yeah, obviously during, you know, the crop season. So you weren't walking uphill both ways in, in snow. Always. That. Always. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, but no, so what I, you know what I realized from that? Manual labor is not my thing. <laughs> so I I knew at that point that I wanted to do something where heavy heavy lifting was not involved. But I, I did up... I watched my father just constantly work, work, work. And part of that was 
growing up in that depression era and the situation he was in. Well, and that's good. You know, you have to work some of those jobs to make you appreciate, you know, the hard work that people put in to get that, those, uh, those beans to the plate. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and you don't start at the top, right? You have to get, you have to get some experience somewhere. And I, I always have to laugh that people think, Oh, kids these days, they always think they have to start at the top. Well, I sort of thought when I came out of college that I should be starting at the top of the broadcasting world. Sure. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you had a paper out, you used to walk bean fields. Um, you know, when did, when was the turning point when you said, I want to be a sportscaster? Yeah. So probably about my junior year in, in high school, I decided, yeah, I want to be a play-by-play announcer. I, you know, where do you go to school for that? There's no such school, by the way, you just get the experience to do it. So I ended up going to Doan College. I was fortunate that they had a TV station that I could, you know, just make a huge amount of mistakes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the local radio station in town, uh, they thought, oh, this college kid will work cheap. So I got to work from <laughs> six, sign them on at 6 a.m., work till noon, go to school in the afternoon, uh, do play by play games on the radio at night. Right. Uh, pretty much just worked and went to school. There was pretty much no social life. I can see that resume now, you know, uh, which was good for me because I was an introvert. Yeah. <laughs> Experienced paper route, uh, expertise with a corn knife. That sounds great. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what you need to go into broadcast. There you go. <laughs> I could see where the corn knife would come in handy. Yes. Okay. Anyway. So I, I got to ask now, what was that? Uh, what was that starting salary coming out of school when you? Oh, yeah. So I get a job at uh, KFOR radio in Lincoln. Okay. Tra- <laughs> traffic and weather together on the eights. Uh, <laughs> they did not do that, but uh, made $12,000 a year. So okay. then I thought it would be smart to take a pay cut to $10,000 a year and go to work at KDUH to get into TV in Scotts Bluff, Nebraska, uh, 213th market in the country, only one smaller, Glendive, Montana. If you can locate that on a map, Brent, uh, there's a prize for you. Shout out to anyone listening in Glendive right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we're going to be big in Glendive. Great. Uh, so then I, you know, six months there, my wife and I got married two weeks out of college, okay. out of my college. She had to finish college yet. Uh, but even though we were making 10, I was making $10,000 a year, she's still in college. We managed to put a little bit of money away. Mm-hmm. It was always very important that pay yourself first concept. Mm-hmm. So six months there, I go to KDLT in Sioux Falls. It's actually a two person sports department, uh, really moving uptown, but living out your passion. I love yeah, it. I yeah, love you it. You know, exactly. And then, uh, on to green Bay, WBAY shout out to WBAY. And that was fun. You know, they trade for Brett Favre when I'm there and sign Reggie white. And it was a fun time to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then fortunately after about three or four years, Roseanne Shannon at KETV in Omaha, uh, decides to give me a job and I get to come back home, which was always our goal. We, my wife and I wanted to get back here. That's great. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. It, you know, talk about following your passion and actually taking a step back from a salary perspective, but you always knew that your drive and determination from all those jobs over the years and that work ethic, that that's really, that that's really awesome. Again, you create your own successes, right? You know, no one's going to do it for you. And that's, that's kind of always been my, philosophy. And I know it's our shared philosophy also. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's, um, you know, let's talk about some of that risk really quick, you know, and I know you took some risk and some jobs, you know, back and forth, but when we talk about, you know, evaluating risk here at Soar Wealth Strategies, talk a little bit about, you know, some of the principles really quick. Yeah. So, you know, the emergency fund 
seems simple. Many people don't have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, if so, if you're new to this concept, emergency fund, you want to have at least three months of your gross income or six months of your non-discretionary expenses, just meaning, you know, things I got to have. Right. And by the way, you don't have to have cable TV. I learned that when I was making $10,000 a year in yeah. Scotts, uh, Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. Uh, you got to make some cuts. Uh, but for a retiree, that's more. You know, maybe it's 12 to 18 months of those non-discretionary expenses so that there's a comfort level. And if something big does happen, you've got something to fall back on. Right. Uh, And then other things we do is building out a retirement income strategy. It's just, it's too complicated to go into in the time that we've got. But in times like this, that becomes very important to tell people, look, we've built your plan for this. And while it's uncomfortable, I don't like seeing my account down either. Right. Right. Absolutely. But, but if we build the plan out right, uh, this should not be a problem. And, and you know, our phone is, it's okay to call, but uh, folks understand what we've done. And we've, we have planned for these moments because we know they're coming. Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate you sharing your, your story and your passion and uh, it's uh, a privilege and an honor, certainly, to be, um, you know, working aside right next to you. How did you I take- know <laughs> you should be honored? <laughs> All right. Here we go. The show's. Yeah, we don't have that much time, John. Uh, so how did you make that leap uh, into, you know, becoming a financial advisor? Like, tell me tell me more about how that transition happened. Right. It's a big jump. Right. Uh, everybody knew everybody. That sounds just terrible. Every, a lot of people knew there. me from my time on television. So uh, I thought about doing it for years. So I, we had prepared, uh, prepared for it financially mm-hmm. uh, to make that change. But because people knew me from TV, I thought it was important to demonstrate, hey, I'm not just some schmuck who left television. I kind of have been a student of this for a long time. And so I got the certified financial planner designation. Mm-hmm. If, if you don't know, that involves Concepts in financial planning, retirement planning, and employment benefits, income tax planning, estate planning, insurance planning, and then there's that ethics component to it. Absolutely. Now, I personally feel like my parents taught me more about ethics than I will ever need to know, but right, uh, you know, <laughs> it's important that people know that they can trust you with their money. So uh, it was a big jump, but glad we did it because, like I said, it is one of the most rewarding professions I think you can be in. Absolutely. No, that's a great story. And and I appreciate you sharing that with me because um, you can see John's passion. You can see our passion here at Store Wealth Strategies. And I'm just going to summarize now a little bit and say, you know, risk is everywhere. There's there, there's risk when you wake up in the morning, get in your car. The, there's risk when you you know put together uh, investments and risk when you work with an advisor. But we can help you plan for the unexpected. It's just that's, part of our process. That's exactly right. And that's a foundational part of our process. So we would love to hear from you. If you like this podcast and share it with someone that you care about, we certainly appreciate that. Feel free to call our office, 531-867-3400 and subscribe to our podcast, please. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you and we'll catch you next time on Financial Financial Flight Flight Academy. Academy. Thank you for listening to the Financial Flight Academy podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at soarwealthstrategies.com. 
or give us a call at 531-867-3400. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Soar Wealth Strategies. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network, member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor.